When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Joel Skett and I am joined tonight by Tony Anderson. How's it going, Tony? I'm good, mate. How are you? I am shattered. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Tired. I just, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight, my next day off, my next full day off, and I think that's in like two and a half weeks' time. So. Really? Yeah. I forget that because even at the weekends you'll end, you'll end up reporting on games or whatever. What, where are you on Saturday? I am in the office on Saturday and then Livingston on Sunday. Oof. And then I'm the following week on my birthday, I am working at home to Ross County. But then when you do these shifts, you have to kind of write some stuff for Sunday as well. And I end up putting off for to Sunday. So I end up working a wee bit on Sunday yeah. as well. So, but oh, look at me. I have to write and watch about football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dream job just came up. You get to work for it. Just <laughs> and I'm morning. Exclusively reported on Hearts. <laughs> but being in the office on Saturday straight after. Uh, the big boss man's wedding. Yes, yes. Tough. Craig Fowler's wedding on Friday evening and I am dreading Saturday already. What time are you in here? 10 o'clock. Mm. I think I'm going, to, I'm going to work the first half of my shift from home. Maybe all of my... <laughs> the classic, from, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But it's, it's one of those... I, can't, I, I don't know about you, Tony, but I've got no discipline when it comes to drink. So when um, it's not like I'm drinking every every night. I don't. I drink once, twice a week at most. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to drinking, all the boys from the podcast will be be there. Everyone else is drinking. They're having a good time. I can't tell myself when to stop. Yeah, no, it's home. never. It's, no, it's, it's impossible. impossible. No, it is. It's impossible. It's only weird people who can do that because you, you get swept up in the the fun. You're yeah. if you're able to not if you're able to just walk away, it means you're not having a good time and you don't like anyone there. And. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fail to understand how time works when I'm drinking because sometimes some... So, for example, on the Thursday after the live show, Sean, I remember Sean coming up to me, so I'm, I'm away, and he said on Wednesday it was like half nine. 
was like, okay, I, le- I left uh, I left the venue at, uh, after midnight and it didn't feel like two and a half hours since you left. It uh, felt like 30 minutes. Yeah, I heard that you were uh, getting right involved because uh, we had Derek on the show last week and he said that uh, you were Fowler left at about 10 and he said that you were balls deep by that time and there was no removing I, you. I was... No, I, I, I need to defend myself there. I was scooping a lot. I was scooping a lot. There was rakes of scoops happening. However, uh, Derek uh, Derek bought me a couple of drinks uh, to, to keep me there. So my chat must have to keep me to yeah, keep me there. Keep me there. <laughs> des- desperate for a mate. I've you know you're fucking desperate if you're buying jewel mate. <laughs> the drinks because you're a pal. I got I got I got I got held hostage. <laughs> That's the weird thing. It's like that Alan Partridge episode where he goes back to the house and everyone's got photos of him all right. <laughs> That's what you're going to come across that now that he's on the TV at some That's point. Better be a weird, geeky Scottish football guy. And that would be one very bald, badly receding room. Okay, if that's possible, let's talk about the football joke. Yes. This is going nowhere. This is going nowhere. So originally, Duncan was meant to be on on the show. It was meant to be three of us, and we're going to do the top twelve goalkeepers list. Get the list started. However, unfortunately, Duncan uh, emergency came up, so he is unable to be on the podcast. So it was the last minute. We've we switched up. We're going to unfortunately talk about uh, Hearts' defeat to St. Mirren last night before going into the the relegation battle itself because now there is six points between the the bottom four as it just says is it six points yeah it's six, six points six yeah. points between the bottom four but we'll start with the game at in paisley last night both of us uh, both of us watched it i did i watched it as live when i got home from work yeah. and i avoided the score oh, i did as well i, I had yeah. a friend of mine because I, I put on my whatsapp group that i wasn't uh, i was going to avoid the score and i was telling my mate that he could do the same uh, and they were like, oh, we're going to make sure you don't. So I muted it. Then I got a phone call from my mate at like 10 past nine who phoned me and went, it's 1-0 Hamilton, and then hung up. And I, but no, he went, can I ask you something, Tony? I was like, I course you can. He's like, it's 1-0 Hamilton, and then hung up. So the message back, go, first, that's not a question. Secondly, Hamilton aren't playing. Absolutely terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a doofus. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll meet him, you'll see him tomorrow. He doesn't look a million miles differently from you, Joe. You would have met Jason actually. Yeah, it was, it was on the. Was yeah, he's on another the, one who's was, clinging on desperately to. Okay, was he was on he was on Fellow Yeah, yeah, he was because I he looks like, sort of transparent with sort of hair. I'd like it yourselves. I don't think I don't think I spoke to him, but one of the first. It's impossible to speak to everyone at that yeah. stag. <laughs> uh, when I when I first arrived, Sean pulled me, not pulled me aside, but he goes. Psst, psst. There's a guy here that looks like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay, and I was where is he? Sean, I can't, um, Sean was like, I, I can't see him in the room. And then he walked in the room. He walked in that that pub we were in, uh, up that upper room. And we can, we, Sean and I just kind of both looked at each other. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, yeah. So see him. But this is crap audio because nobody yes, knows I what know. he looks like. Um, so. <laughs> We've got off in tangents, left, right, and center. So Hartsworth beat one 0 by St Mirren, and I have to say, I kind of tempered. Uh, my tweets just be uh, tempering my tweets just because my, my boss will, will see my tweets but that was well, are you meant to be all pro hearts now is that sort of your no name? no no not pro hearts I just I, I'm just meant not be really strong and, uh, and not be too yeah, fanny yeah, too yeah, fanny. yeah that's the big not uh, meant to be too much of a fanny or too much of a fan <laughs> yeah it was pathetic, an absolutely pathetic performance I think that's, that's probably the, only, the best word to describe it you think of this game against a relegation rival when Hearts have picked up recently, but they've not really proven themselves against a relegation rival. Okay, they beat, five, uh, beat St. Mirren 5-2 earlier in the season, but it wasn't quite as serious as it is now. It's, it was 
bordering on a must-win game. It was a, it was a, just it was a massive pivotal match, and Hearts didn't turn up after after five six minutes of watching. I was like, I just want to go to bed. If someone offered me no no no, I would take it. I would take that point. I'd go off to bed, and it would it just it just got worse as the game went on. Yeah, I, I, I mean the word pathetic really does spring to mind. I actually thought that after watching Hearts in the derby. And Rangers, so that's <clears throat> actually I've watched Hearts quite a lot recently because mm. they've been on the telly uh, to watch. And I, I would say you're not so surprised because this has happened uh, more than once this season where there's been a small renaissance for Hearts and then it's all fallen down very quite quickly. After and that's happened again. I thought they just looked completely disjointed in midfield. Uh, I didn't really know where Sean Clare was meant to be playing. He was just sort of popping up all over the place. Uh, I thought Moore was hiding. Um, on the right hand side uh, there was the amount of times on the screen I couldn't see him mm-hmm. ever on the mm-hmm. screen uh, and I was like he was putting himself in positions where he, where he couldn't receive the ball and the big problem with that is when you're playing St Mirren if your midfield's not out that's actually St Mirren's strongest part of their their team uh, yesterday they had uh, Wallace uh, Foley and McPherson in there until uh, and then even later on out of nowhere McGrath came on who I know has not been getting the best write-ups to the fans but I thought he was absolutely Superb for the period that that he was on the pitch, and it's just when when Hearts have to go toe to with someone, when they don't just have to spoil or make a team feel uneasy, uh, or just do the sort of basics of what they've been training on. When it comes to actually having to sort of break another team down with quality, it it, it just isn't. It's not there. It was definitely they they just seem to wilt from the first moment. Daniel Stendel talked about it in these post-match press conference where said basically admitted that right from the start they just didn't look for him that's, that's a big issue for him because he's a manager he has to get them set up and uh, get them motivated to play this massive game it's like to be fair they don't really they shouldn't, need, thought, their, they shouldn't I, need their manager to get motivated for I thought game. it was going to be a real blood and thunder game Same, I, I really did I thought it was like, and maybe Hearts would get beat or maybe like I wasn't sure exactly what the result would be, but I thought it would be a thousand miles per hour, and I didn't think it was like that. I thought it was it lacked a bit of quality, of course, mm-hmm. due to the sort of the pitch and the fact it's two of the the worst teams in the league. But I just, I just didn't even see the real blood and thunder, and I thought St Mirren looked pretty comfortable. They held Hearts at arm's length, and Hearts never really seemed to ruffle them at any any point, which is weird because they, they just went through a, an upturn in form based on being up and at people and playing in sort of the most, sort of like uh, the perfect way to sort of gain points in the Scottish Premiership, if you like. Yeah, there the, was the, the lethargy of the uh, the midfield performance, of just the performance in general, is it's it, it was just baffling because you compare it to like, even uh, on Saturday against Motherwell, it was, they showed a bit of character to come from behind. They had spells where they created chances where they looked, 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 uh, Equal to, uh, equal any, to any team, either team could have won that game. Either it was team could have won yeah. it. But like I said, St. Mirren were in control from the first minute to the last minute. There was never at one point where I think there was only one point I was off my off my chair, uh, and that was late on when Zlamal went up for the, the the corner. But there was there was no point where not when Lewis Moore had a good chance and he just hit off his knee and it went rolling out of the pitch. I think it might have just I kind of sat up there. <laughs> but it was, it, that kind of that kind of just sums up. Sums up heart, sums up the, the kind of the lack of quality players who have quality have shown Lewis Merced because I agree with you. I think he he hides too often as a wide midfielder for Hearts. He doesn't offer nearly enough consistently. But 
the uh, the lack of width. I saw, as I said, was it was, was, really it was so stark that we compared it to St Mirren, who had Obika, uh, uh, Alex Kubiak, who had pace and power, and, and even Dermis, Dermis mm. as well. Dermis uh, I enjoyed that was the only one of the bits I enjoyed of the game was Dermis and yes, Smith. Michael, Michael Smith. I thought yeah. that was, I thought that was quite enjoyable. They were they were going at it, and every time Dermis got the ball, he looked to get past them. Uh, and Smith's a good one-on-one defender, so it was a bit of a ding-dong battle that was enjoyable to watch. But yeah, but the lack of width in Hearts, as I said they they sort of play into St Mirren's strength. Mm-hmm. The, the ball's getting played in their central area, which is, as I said, that's where clearly all their their best players are. And when it's getting ball down there, they can eventually when they would move the ball a couple of bits, uh, a couple of moves, and suddenly they can get the ball wide and they can use their pace. There was nothing sort of tactically spectacular about no. St Mirren's football. It just I felt that Hearts just played right into exactly how they would have wanted that to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. I wrote about it. I wrote about it for the preview for the, uh, the evening news. So it was a key clash and I picked out because Stendhal mentioned about possibly finishing, we finished the game against Motherwell, Washington, Naismith and Boyce all play. I thought, will he go for that again? And if he does, then they have to they have to get on the ball and keep it. Try and keep it away. Play quick to keep away from Foley and McPherson because Foley and McPherson, as a duo, are really committed, really organised, really robust, really combative. And you, you seen that last night. They were they were excellent. I thought Foley and McPherson dominated. When you compare them to Bazanich and uh, Bazanich oh. and Demur, it was it was night and day. And that's their their ability to close space down to um, to to hound players to to even keep the ball. Negated any chance Hearts had of building through and playing into the the, the the front fee because, like you said, the white the white players weren't offering anything. Then there was there was there just didn't seem to end be any plan or any. Sean Clare just looked like he was turning up wherever he felt like. I don't I I don't know if I'm criticizing him or if I'm criticizing the manager mm-hmm. when I say that, but he didn't seem to have any sort of position. He was turning up central. He was turning up wide. I would see him at some points. He was near enough the furthest forward player on the pitch and. Um, I, I'm going to criticise Claire because I think that's maybe just a problem with him in general. There never seems to be a place uh, outside the right back where we got you got a few good performances out of him, but there was clear deficiencies that were having an issue on Hearts all round game. There doesn't seem to be anywhere to put him. Like despite talent, there doesn't seem to be anywhere that you can put him where he'll hold a shape and he'll be able to commit any structure. I don't know. You see Hearts more than me. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I I think Claire is better with the game when the game's in front of him and mm-hmm. he can drive. He can run onto. He can run onto balls. He can drive forward. Coming from for deep. deep. Coming from yeah. deep. So as a right back, probably right wing back's probably his probably best uh, best position. I think he played there for 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 Gillingham. I think his best period when he was on loan from Sheffield Wednesday as a right midfielder. I would think that not would Hearts not be able to do that? I mean, then you'd have Smith, Halkett, and Dicamona, and with um, sort of Halkett's. I mean, we'll come on to it. I'm sure Halkett's uh, sort of weakness of balls coming over the top of his head with a third centre half. They are not. I mean, Dicamona's got pace, Absolutely. and then you would maybe be able to get the best out of Claire. Hickey would be more than capable of him, but I mean, Hickey was probably the only player that I thought for Hearts who Agreed. who would have got would have got pass marks. And there you've got Demur, and then you've got ability. Maybe you can play Naismith in front of Demur and Bizanich if you're still going with the two, or it would give you an avenue to bring in Machino or Irving. You'd be able to play three in there, mm-hmm. and then you'd be able to get the two strikers on the park, either Washington and Naismith or Boyce. I, that, that is that not an answer? Maybe some of the, but I mean, because. There's no point in continuing because as I said, you got a couple of good results. Hearts got a couple of good results there, but again, they are standalone in 
is it maybe not time to roll the dice and see if there's a way of putting everyone in a position that covers their, at least covers their deficiencies? Absolutely. I think wrote, I've written about that before, and this was just going back of, um, before before the, the positive Rangers uh, Rangers victory. Is that three five two probably suits suits this team? It's not a formation that it's not a formation that Stendhal likes. He played against Falk. It, it didn't really work. But if you got Michael Smith, who is our best right back, arguably our best centre midfielder. And, and so but yeah, but he's, he's best. I think his best position is a sweeper, mm-hmm. a sweeper behind uh, Craig Halkett and Di Camorra. That goal last night, if Smith was playing certain best centre back in a, a back three, that w- that wouldn't wouldn't have happened. It was, but that's kind of just sums up parts is that they give away far too easy goals. Where at that moment I thought, right, we're having a wee bit of pride, we we a spell with the ball, yeah. given away so cheaply by Demure, who again four year contract. So simple, just chip over the back, and still Alcott and Dicamona should have dealt with it. <clears throat> it was a uh, Wallace with the ball over the top, so so he's a central player now. He's looked to be playing quite central. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's had a lot of experience in the Championship and Premier League as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, even laterally, I think he was still playing wide, but he is the type of player who I, I, I would imagine you can, as long as you've got legs around him which you certainly do you certainly do with McPherson and Foley that you could probably get the best out of him as a, uh, as a winger because I don't think he might have the probably doesn't have the pace and, and the, the way that um, Simmer and our player I mean Dermis and Yakubiak they, they're not without their, their weaknesses mm. they're far from perfect but uh, they both bring something that they will they'll, they'll occupy um, yeah. a, a full back without a doubt you'll not be able to switch off going against them and I think um Goodwin deserves a bit of credit again. Um, his signings over the course of the season have all seemed to have something of an impact. Well, not all at the same time, so he can put together a good run to push the top six or anything mm-hmm. like that. But they've all like Dermis has had periods. Abika is, um, is is arguably the best striker in the bottom half of the league in terms of um, in terms of output. I'm just, just just trying to rack my brain. Yeah, in terms, definitely he started to score. I think he's double, well over double, not well over, but he's, I think he's and a team that d- struggles for goals. I mean, need that, and you, I thought use the perfect word. He occupies defenders. He occupies it. He's got a good touch. So you compare. Someone asked me today, would you prefer uh, Uchi or Bika's uh, foul? And I just scoffed like oh, Bika because when the ball goes into him, you can trust that he's going to. The majority of the time, he's going to bring it in. He's going to hold up play. He can turn defenders, or he can just be someone you bounce a pass off. Uchi can't go in behind either. Really, he always wants to, but he wants his ball with the back to go. Yeah. Whereas Abika, as you saw with the goal, it's happy to go. And we got to say that Abika. I mean, I spoke about this on the pod. That he's a player that, if I was a manager, despite the fact that he does have a lot of weaknesses. I would be quite excited about him, thinking that there's a lot of improving that he could do, and mm-hmm. I believe that the improvement could happen. Like I think it has under Goodwin. And it's already yeah, it's already happening. Yeah, you can you can add Dermis uh, Dermis into that thing and add. I think Foley had a really positive effect from the to begin with, but he's becoming more of a leader as he's been wearing the captain's armband. And you've seen he's moved around the pitch as well. He he went in at right back for a period. Did he not? Uh, yeah, it was, it was Flynn that went in at right back. Flynn, sorry, yeah, and it was, it was uh, Foley, but he Foley like he did last night dropped in at centre back. Yeah, because McGrath came on. Um, that, I think they done really well because obviously they lost McPherson and McCarthy mm-hmm. that's like the spine of their team uh, both important players 
Uh, and they managed to, they never skipped a beat. And like you're saying, dropping Foley into centre half, didn't seem to cause any issues. And McGrath came on and, and as I said, he was really good. It was by far the best performance he's had in a, in a submitting shot. And again, sometimes you get lucky right when you need it. <laughs> like, I know. Like, uh, it always uh, seems to come against hearts. Ah, there you go. But you, you look at, you look at submitting, we'll get on to talking this when we, when we talk about just the, the, the four itself, but it was just so, a lot of times I'm just so impressed with how how well organised and structured they are. Again, I, I I talked about it before the before the game. Hearts couldn't have went behind in that game because it's it was I've seen it was so difficult to come back against Mirren because nah. that's the position they want to be in. They want to be leading, so it allows them to play with a, a deep block and use Obika, Jakubiak, Dermis, who are On the capable, of, capable of counter attacking. It is. Uh, Do you think they're a team that might develop in it next season? A couple of signings yes, in the past. Yes, I think the so. The Goodwin seems to be able to. Obviously, they're, they're far from perfect. I mean, mm. going. I mean, we're talking about these guys going forward now, like they're they're really good, but mm. they're really the output's been yeah. poor overall. Maybe taking away Abika, he's not had a lot. That's another reason why I'm, I'm a fan of him. He's, he's done a lot with very little to to work with. But um, I mean, Goodwin could end up um, gaining himself a career from this, uh, where maybe he's he's a go to guy for your sort of middle of the road clubs, uh, keeping them up. One of those types of managers that when you have Jim Goodwin, you don't go down. One of those ones. It's all about organisation. But he might, he might, I'm getting this weird feeling that he might have that sort of glass ceiling, Goodwin, where he'll not go in and do the bigger clubs when more is expected. Yeah, but yeah. these sort of bottom six teams. That kind of like him as a player. Yeah, really just like guaranteed as a, a safe pair of hands. Uh, I, w- I would like, I would like to see him be with St Mirren for two, three years to see what he can build yeah. just, I, I, I know in a place where he's loved and it'll yeah. be more comfortable and he'll be allowed to make mistakes I, I know they've I know they've struggled but I'll, even from the first game of the season I remember being at Easter Road for Hibs 1-1-0 St Mirren didn't offer too much attacker wise but I was really impressed with how they set up mm-hmm. and how they how they frustrated Hibs with little with barely any time on the training pitch yeah, exactly. with the players yeah. you, can, you can tell that when they go onto the pitch they Every player knows exactly what they're where they're meant to be, their job. You don't get that feeling with Daniel Stendel. Again, you mentioned it with Sean Clare. Sean Clare got taken off at half time. Liam Boyce came on. It's like Liam Boyce, is he playing left mid? It's just it's it's just so strange you bring you spend six figures on a on a striker. And when he's on the pitch, he isn't playing. He isn't playing. He isn't playing in that uh, attacking position, which he impressed in when he scored against uh, when he scored against Rangers, scored against St. Johnson. Yeah, and I mean, Boyce is, is a, a really good player. Like he's, he's really, I, li- I really like watching Boyce. He's technically very proficient. Uh, he's, mm. he's a good finisher. He's really calm and composed. And I think if you're in a relegation battle. Um, when you're not you're not getting a lot of chances because even I was looking at back at the, the Hibs game where Hearts were um, sort of had a really good performance it didn't create a lot of chances it was more um, sort of Hibs with a with handball for Scott Allen got Hearts on their way and then a raker a once in a lifetime raker for, for Bizanich and then a breakaway goal so they're still not creating loads and loads of chances I actually thought Rangers was their best for us because they actually created a mm-hmm. lot more in that but I would always want my most composed strike between the, between the yeah I would if, if, if I, mean, I know that I might only get three chances in a game and we're, if we don't pick up points we're, we're going to get relegated I would be very tempted to get make sure that if he's fit that he's playing even over like Washington who well he's got two goals there's a lot of pre- it's a lot hang riding on a guy who's not really proved it no he is he's a runner and when games like yesterday where Hearts it's clear they weren't going to have chances 
you want someone in the position to take those chances, and that that that's Boyce. One before we move on, we'll get we'll move on to talk about the uh, the bottom the bottom four as a whole. In just a second, just a final word on Naismith. He was woeful, I, and he's been should have been sent off as well. His um, his form hasn't been good no. recently. Um, and it's weird because it's coincided with his most sort of consistent period uh, in the team mm-hmm. where he's sort of fit and firing and um, he needs to take a big long look in the mirror because I think uh, a lot was riding on him being fit and him being back should have had a more positive effect because I would say even in the upturning form that Hearts have had recently I would argue that he's not be a huge sort of massive part of that like you would expect in the, the the other previous games where he was playing sporadically and when he was playing Hearts were much better didn't then he stay, was didn't stay, it didn't start against Hibs yeah he didn't start against Hibs and that, that was like one of Hearts probably one of Hearts top two three performances this season um, so uh, he's he, he's the cap he's the captain I mean he's not he's, who is the, he is the captain he is cap- yeah, yeah he's yeah, the captain yeah, my, my mate was my mate was there and at the end of the game, so fans were right. So fans booed Demur substitute. Uh, sorry, Bazanich substitution because they thought Demur rightly they thought should have been sent, uh, been taken off. But I think they would be happy if it was sent off. And then Naismith got, I think, got a lot of stick at the end of the game with fans just just so so unhappy. When, when, you, when you're someone like Stephen Naismith, you are always putting yourself out to be shot at mm. in so many different ways because of your style of play, um, the way that you uh, conduct yourself on the pitch. Yep. Uh, and the way that you conduct yourself to your fellow players. Mm-hmm. Um, once you, if you acted that, and I don't have a problem with any mm-hmm. of it. I mean, the, the stuff where he laughs at people, that doesn't bother me. I find yeah. it quite amusing at times. Uh, when he grabs people, we try to gra- drag people by the scuff of the neck to get them going. That's all fine. But see, when it doesn't start working, you start looking like a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. Uh, and you, people will quickly turn on you because all you, you just look like you're just running about like a maniac. Like it happened to, uh, player that happened to similarly sometimes was Paul Hartley at uh, Hearts who on the whole was absolutely outstanding but when it went badly with Hartley it always it went really badly and again because he would be he'd clearly be losing his cool uh, a bit and Naismith I mean it's a big moments for him I know that the Euros might be in jeopardy we might even touch on that later but uh, um, right now I, I'm, I didn't want him anywhere near the Scott up front for Scotland and before this period he was one, the one holding the shirt wasn't he really so this could be a really sort of bad period for Naismith and all sorts because the only reason he's at Hearts is to make the be in that Scotland team and in that Scotland squad. And if he's there, Hearts get relegated. He's the captain. And he doesn't make the Scotland team. I mean, everyone will be potting laughing at him, won't they? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to listen to a message from our sponsors. I'm Josh Schneiderweiler, and I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we've talked about this in John's... uh, Sorry. Oh no, I forgot that Kev Fowler can't edit this because we've got the new studio. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yes! An absolute Joel Skedder. That's what we're here for. Brilliant. We've talked about the St. Mirren against, uh, against Hearts. Could have easily just done that as well. Nobody would have minded John and then Mirren. 
But then we had a huge conversation about how you fucked it. <laughs> oh, wow. Doesn't matter how, where we pay, where you go, Joel, how, fun, how great your career still is to go. That's, these things still happen. Oh, I just, that's the reason we film on a, on a Wednesday. <laughs> you think it's the only reason? <laughs> oh, I'm awful. No, I'm, I don't stop it. You're, uh, you're absolutely wonderful, Joel. I just love the brain farts are all part of the charm, though. Yes. So, talking about farts, mm-hmm. four of the worst teams in the league. We've got. St Mirren, Ross County, Hamilton and Hearts. Four-way battle at the moment for... Fatal four-way. Fatal four-way for the relegation spot and the playoff spot. I mean, it looks... McBookie put out their odds today. Ackies are still favourites to finish bottom. Hearts are second favourites with St Johnson. Again, St Johnston. Fucking hell. They're doing fine. They're they're, they're nearly in the top six. St Mirren and Ross County were kind of well ahead of of the Hearts and and Ackies in the the bookies uh, running. It just shows the, um, the perception of Hamilton. If no, there's no way of changing that perception, despite all evidence and the fact that uh, their form's been really good mm-hmm. recently. So you'd think if there was ever a time that they would wouldn't be favourites to go down, but just everyone's perception is that they are the they're always the worst team. But they're it, always the worst. It is. It's, it's, that, it's that perception. So we start off the season and everyone thinks right, Hamilton will be the ones to get relegated. They all survive, and then it's still this perception. Okay, it's going to be Hamilton's turn to get relegated. Yeah. Now they're favourites, but. You look at past evidence; it's like they always, they always find a way to survive. At the same, at the same stage, nearly. At, every... at the same stage, they've they've won two, uh, two league games in a row for the first time in almost two years. <laughs> they they kept three clean sheets in a row, so they've kept three clean sheets in a row. That's the first time in more than four years. Yet they're still they still hang about in the Premiership, and you've you've got to respect them, and you've got to give. They've got the most red cards this season, have they not, as well? Yes. So they come across, I mean, another sort of barrier to success. <laughs> On top of having the least amount of money and the, the smallest sort of attendances and youngest team and worst, arguably worst squad, had the, obviously, the worst disciplinary record and they're still not at the bottom of the league. They, 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 just, they just seem to, I think they almost enjoy, mm. they, they almost enjoy being in this position. Reading, reading Hamilton fans' comments over the season as a whole, they've been like a lot of fans like just just put us out of misery, put us in a championship because they've not been enjoying their football. Then you went to Ibrox, or something, yeah, yeah. It's 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 one it's of all those where it. I watch them and think how 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 are you not bottom? Because sometimes they're just so so negative. They don't have a lot of possession. When you look at the possession stats, they average about thirty five percent of the ball. The next, the next lowest is like mid forties, and that's, that's Livingston. So they don't, they don't have a lot of the ball. But I think Rice has made big decisions that Canning didn't really, really do. So when, when they played Canning, I always remember towards the end they kind of played one up front, and there was just massive gap between the midf- midfield yeah. and the, 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 the ball forward. would go long. He would try and get to the striker would try and get along to it. But now you've got Ogbembo, so he was there last season, but he's been getting partnered with David Moyle. That just that makes it really awkward for defenders. I watched uh, when they played Hearts at Tynecastle recently. Drew to two, did deserved arguably deserved three points. Even when they went down to ten men, Moyo and Ogbembo were such a handful. They are they're yeah. very mobile. They 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 they're, they're kind of going back to what we talked about. Uh, Obika, they occupy. They are a focal point. They're mobile. I think that's. Uh, I, I really agree. I think that um, teams at the bottom. I would always go for those types of strikers. You're not going to get, I mean, obviously it could happen, but you're very rarely going to get a striker who's 
anywhere near the full package and you're really going to find a striker who's going to be getting you even 12 goals. It's just going to be hard because of the way you play. You're going to be under the cosh a lot. So I think if um picking, if I could only pick a few attributes to bring me forward, I think mobility um, is probably one of the, the main mm-hmm. ones I would go for. Uh, and work rate and um, strength. I would actually go for all things that probably aren't about football talent. I know that might sound ridiculous, yeah, yeah. but I think when you're in that style in, in this in this country, in our league, I think they're like, as I said, you want to be awkward customers, especially if you're just going it long. If you're just going long and you've been under the cosh for ages, um, the chance of you, if Hamilton is signing a striker who can kill the ball dead from 60 yards in the air or bring it down on his chest, hold it up, uh, bring sort of play, like it's not going to happen regularly. So I would look for these other things and you combine two players. Like, because yeah. you're never going to have enough from one. So why not try and find a formation that allows you of two, try to combine their attributes to give you one functioning striker. And then even even behind that, I was looking, I was watching watching bits of their game against Rangers, against Kelly, where they the one at the weekend, one with a late penalty. The even behind them, you've got table table Templeton came off the bench. A crack and we we play, mm-hmm. and you've got you've got Lewis Smith who is who is technically brilliant. Mm-hmm. Some of his uh, so his composure and calmness on the ball, his awareness, his his technique and skill. This this is a player who's got a, a very high ceiling. So you've got these creative players coming behind them. Then you've got Scott Martin and Alex Gogic, just this kind of force field in midfield. Mm-hmm. It's well put together. It's, 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 you're you're beginning. I'm starting to look at the Hamilton team and thinking it's. it's when everyone's fit, it's actually not too bad. Luke Southwood, ex- I think he's uh, an excellent goalkeeper. If we were going to talk about the top 12s today, I think Southwood would have been for uh, maybe our more um, sort of relaxed listeners and maybe people who only sort of come into Scot- in and out of Scottish mm-hmm. football, if you like, um, would be surprised at how high he might have ended up on that list. Yeah, I think so. He was he was, he was was heading for a, a very high spot. Cause look at Owen for Millions. Overall, even though he's only been playing for such a small... Yeah. It's both about his performances and obviously the, the dearth of quality in the league, but we'll talk about that another day. But I agree with you. I think there's a... It, it looks like the, um, the work and you can mm-hmm. see the, the mindset behind the team, you can see the attributes that are going in in the right places, and there's a thought process behind that team, which, again, is so important when you can't go and buy the best players, as you at least put players together where it makes sense and they can uh, have cohesion as a squad together. And I agree with you, I think, uh, I think they do. Because, again, I mean, Ogden Poe's good fun. Uh, he's no perfect. He's... Uh, he probably doesn't, he's not come on as much as a beaker, mm. see, and, and they're not terribly different players. Um, but I think putting Moyo up there, really, like we were saying, is they, they become a handful together. And once you're able to get Tempo in there, that's someone who brings, at the Scottish Premiership level, genuine quality. There's quality there. And like you say, with a young guy like Smith, it's really good for him because he's talented and, he, and he's skillful and he takes a bit of a kick in sometimes because mm. of that. But then who have you got there? Gogic and Martin. Uh, even McGowan, uh, they, they, they'll stick up for him on the park. Oh, yeah. Give him that gives him real confidence to go forward. They they will never allow themselves to be bullied. Maybe that is a part of why the sort of the red cards have sort of lamped up over the course of the year. And moving on to another team who don't allow themselves to be bullied, and we've talked about them already. Is, is St. Mirren. That's that's a big thing for me. Is that when you compare them to to Hearts, and I think Hearts, if you compare them to Hearts, they've got so much more fight. So much more commitment, so much more determination, and so much more organisation in Hearts. 
I, I would actually go further and say that um, Hearts, Aberdeen and Hibs could learn a lot from, from these two. They, they're all teams that... Um, well, maybe not so much Aberdeen because they have shown uh, they've got a bit of a stomach for it mm. when they've been going behind. But maybe Hearts and Hibs certainly... Um, both quite soft at times mm-hmm. can easily um, and even Rangers now uh, looking at sort of like uh, obviously it's at different levels because yeah. of the talent of players but uh, St Mirren and Hamilton um, they, they, they're sort of getting the most out of they can possibly get out of their sort of teams and they're not soft like sort of other teams that are so much better uh, much more money much more um, sort of but on training grounds all that sort of thing and, and um, they could learn a bit from, from exactly what you're saying Absolutely I think I just I don't want to go over uh, old ground with, with, with Goodwin, but I, th- I think he's just he's he's, he's developed a a mentality and mindset which is which is so important. I think I think Aki's we've talked about that spirit just because they're so used to being uh, written off. They're so used. To, it's almost like um, they'll inject themselves in, yeah, every season exactly. with that ink that that's on that paper. So they put that in and inject it. Just that injustice that they, they, yeah. they kind of rally around. St Mirren have, I think that's been developed of Goodwin, just the type of character he, he has, the type of characters he has signed, where you've got, you've got, you've got Foley, you think, he just epitomises what Goodwin wants in there. You've got organisation leadership. I think these these two teams are probably best placed in terms of having the the, 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 the stomach to to deal with what, what goes around them to for digging in and, and, and scraping. That's where Ross County. I'm not sure. Sometimes I look at Ross County and just think it's just such a soft team. Not in a, not in a, not, in a, not in a bad way in terms of like well, obviously in a bad way, but not in terms of the player like players. Not a poor, poor mentality or like a lack of organisation. Just the players don't yeah. work as a as, as a team. It's we we were, I think we spoke about this at depth. Uh, sort of me, Craig, and Derek last week because obviously uh, Ross County took a bit of a took a bit of a doing again and after off Motherwell and we, so we'll talk quite in depth because Derek was on and obviously I saw them at Hibs take a bit of a mm. doing at Easter Road recently but I mean we're going over all ground again but Cowie and Vigers playing centre mid uh, I mean Rangers got their win at the weekend but Rangers aren't back if they aren't steamrolling with sort of Davis Kamara uh, and Aribo um in centre midfield up against Cowie and Vigers and that tells me that Rangers aren't back mm. <laughs> because that centre midfield should be getting steamrolled by every team in the league that's what I thought I thought when I seen Kamara's Kamara's comments basically that we hope that he's uh, the, the win shut up a few critics I was like I, 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 did you? Did you not watch, get turned over by everyone? Did you, get absolutely yeah, turned over. Did you not watch the game back? I mean, County are County. I think had uh, had, had a decent performance. They made it hard for Rangers, but you you look at not making it hard for anyone else. And, no, yeah. and, and Morris and Fontaine looked like like pillars of strength during the centre half during that game. And Fontaine's been really, really poor. Yeah, really poor. And so, like, uh, I know we're moving, like, I mean, we're not meant to be talking about Rangers, but I just, uh, as a side note from watching that, like, Rangers have a, sort of a shed loads of issues going on based on that. But, as I said, Ross County, they, I spoke about last week, the, the mistakes that they made with buying Shaw for six figures when they're clearing holes at the centre half. If they had six figures to spend, even if it was on to be used on wages or signing players, it had to be a midfielder or a striker. They've got oh, a guy on a bench, a, a centre midfielder or a centre half. They've got a, or a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, 
They've got again, they brought in Shaw, all the Shaw, and he sits on the bench. <laughs> and we all knew he was going to sit on the bench because Billy McKay's there. And they knew that Ross Stewart would be coming back and they would be the obvious players to play up front. And Lee Irwin, who, um, he's never going to, he's not reigniting his old sort of performances yet, but still has a game in him, still has mm-hmm. a goal in him, still has attributes like strength. Again, he can occupy defenders, which, like we seem to be talking about a lot here, I think at the bottom of the league, that's really one of the main things you want for your striker so you can get up the pitch and you can stop teams sort of closing they're playing really high up in the line and squeezing you out of the game um, and obviously Billy McKay, but Billy McKay sort of recent, in recent times seemed to be on a bit of a one man crusade to try and keep him up because his form's actually spiked again So I think they, like, they've like they got goals they, they've got goals in that team it's, they've dried up slightly but they've got quality in the final third I think I think Josh Mullen is, is, is a decent enough winger Ross Stewart I'm a big fan of I think he would best as a striker, but just the way that they want to add more bodies to midfield, they play him, they play him out wide, and he can do that, and it means they can play, they can play Billy McKay. But it, it's always going to come; they're always going to be handicapped by the soft centre. And when we're talking about their soft, it's just they give up really soft goals. Mm. Some of the some of the concessional goals I spoke about it on the, the TV show a few weeks ago have been have been actually scandalously embarrassing, mm. hilarious. Don't get me wrong; I've, I've been really enjoyed some of the defensive calamities, but. Um, that that gives me hope. As as a Hearts fan, when I look at the the teams around and in the bottom of the table, I look at look at Ross County as the team that I think that are catchable. Absolutely. At the same time, though, they've got they play home to home Aki's on Saturday, and they go to Tynecastle the following Saturday, and then they're home at St Mirren, and then it's the bottom six. So and then it's the bottom six, so and you think there's always a chance that Ross County are going to beat Aki's on Aki's on Saturday. Hearts get beat by Livingston. There's nine points. You think. Well, that's that. If there was any, if there was any team you didn't want to have that set up right now at the bottom four, it's Ross County. It's Ross County because I think they're they're there for the they're there for the drop in. If there was, uh, I would say, in my opinion, I think anyone who's listening could probably clearly see that the 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 worst two teams for me in the league are Hearts and Ross County. At the the, certainly at the moment, I think big thing for. I know you talked about it on Thursday's show when you're uh, when you're reading uh, Bridgend, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the the, the, the uh, forum was that there was question marks about Kettlewell and Ferguson, and I think rightly so. They it struck me throughout the season that they don't know what their best eleven is, and not just that they don't know what their best makeup is in midfield. Watching the game on Sunday when they brought when they're they're one 0 behind, and they brought Spettle they brought Spittle on, and then they brought Spence on. I was like, you had attacking players on the bench that you could have brought in before this. There just there's been some been some strange decisions, but they're very repetitive in their um, yeah. in their post match and pre match conference. There never seems to be anything new. That they don't strike me as being overly. Uh, they wouldn't g me up. They wouldn't inspire me. No, that's maybe again. I, 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 that could be the persona that they're putting across on the TV, and they could be completely different. But uh, I'm not surprised that from because I mean Ross County are living on this, their start. They're living on their first sort of four or five weeks when they got quite a few decent results. And they hammered Hamilton in the opening day, and they got a few decent results at the start. Take that away, they're just as bad as yeah as anyone else. Finally. Hearts, we've talked about them in depth. I, I just think at the moment this is this is a team who who fully deserve who fully deserve relegation. Absolutely. They've Would it be the worst relegation in terms of if I uh, and this might come across as the heavy 
bastard the other side. And I actually don't mean it this way. I'm, I'm I think, asking. I think, you, I think what your question's about, I'll let you finish, but what your question's about, you very, very fair. Um, in terms of the setup, um, in terms of like season tickets that have been sold, in terms of money that's been spent, wages that can be spent, um, so names, the size of players that have been able to be brought in. I mean, you and Murray get slagged off about that tweet that he does a lot, and, and rightly so, because it's funny. But at the same time, I don't think he was the only one thinking that. No, I saw uh, a Hibs fan brought up a tweet I had where I was talking about uh, this is this is this, this is what you get, Joel. This is the world you're in now. <laughs> this is this could be this, this could rival this could rival you and Murray's tweet that I thought that Naismith and Washington could score thirty goals between themselves in all competitions. I mean, Washington has even scored fifteen goals in his entire career. I, I didn't know. <laughs> just, I think I think they've got like eight between them, maybe this uh, season. Um, it's way too off. And like I said, and, and like handing out big contracts, uh, having the fans behind them, having a manager at the start that you thought, um, well, I, I mean, but also the board making terrible decisions. Um, it's like every single person involved has to take. It's not the, there's no one person to blame. You can go right from top to bottom at Hearts, players, managers, coaches, mm-hmm. if, 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 if you believe, and it's hard not to believe because it's came from so many sources and they've all been at it in the media so much, getting their pals to speak on their behalf, that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so players, coaches, and then right up to Ann Budge's decision not to remove Levine and take it along. There's so many, it's so negligible about so many, and, and so many people have to carry the can for it. Uh, and as much as I enjoy it, um, Hearts fans get a raw deal because they are the seem to be the only ones who at that club who really are uh, who pull their weight. I seen I seen actually seen a Hibs fan tweet tweet uh, Robert Borfwick today, and he actually made a, a, a good point in that winning the league, winning the championship so easily under uh, Nielsen, kind of just it, it almost forced Hearts into a run. Before they could walk, because obviously they came down, they had to build the, build the uh, club back up from scratch because it had been ravaged on the yeah, wrong yeah. They, uh, they they had that points deduction. They went, everyone knew they were going to get relegated that season on the Gary Lock, so they had to had to build from scratch, and then they went up really easily from the championship. In a uh, difficult, in, in the most difficult championship, it's yeah, not like so, it's not like it's not like a next season if Hearts go down, they probably will steamroll it again. Yeah. Especially if Dundee United come up. I mean, let's be honest, probably, no way anyone is going to stop them, is there really? And then so that expectation grew. But now it's it's a position where this is, like I said, there's a lot of money being spent on players, given big contracts, not just money-wise, but uh, length-wise as well. Who you're not going to be able to empty. No, it's, it's, it is, has to be, just off the top of my head, one of the most catastrophic relegations and yeah, that's what that's what I was asking. And I said I wasn't memory. I wasn't meaning it to come from like a, no, a no. heavy, like spiteful sort of kick you in your down point of view. I was looking at it more as a sort of a podcaster, if you like, where we look at these things in in their in their realities, and it, it's a catastrophe, and it's negligence all over uh, from everyone involved. Fans, one of the one of the most common phrases I've seen used on social media by Hearts fans is head should roll and I think a lot of the people at the club a lot of people involved in this relegation won't be forgiven by Hearts fans absolutely not I think Daniel people have started to criticise Daniel Stendhal or really question him and absolutely there's been some a lot of uh, really bad decisions his recruitment has been terrible Marcel Langer, uh, Donna Savjai, just uh, just not actually, and that's his. That that's his. Yeah, they were the players, players he's won. And I mean, how long it took uh, Zamal, right? I, and I said this. I mean, you'll back me up. I said this on the podcast chat quite a lot leading up. Is Zamal's not great? 
and he has got a mistake in him. Mm. But his mistake's once a month. Mm -hmm. His mistake's once every six weeks. But it took ages for Pereira, and I know other Hearts fans are the same because of how bad Zabal. I mean, P Pereira was f fucking shite. Like, really bad, really, really bad goalkeeper in all ways apart from passing mm. uh, and that's and that's like, all well and good there uh, that you can pass but uh, and it was screamingly obvious and it cost it's probably cost hearts about nine ten points having him in goals because it was games where hearts weren't even that bad uh, and shots were just going through him and it took weeks for the acceptance to get rid of him all because of i'm, I'm gonna guess because stendhal's style of play what he wanted and that seemed to take precedence over everything mm -hmm. uh, and and like, and, and I know it's good that you've got a manager who's got a way to want to play, but when it's coming to such a important position on the park as goalkeeper and every shot's going on targets going in, I'm going to push away my sweeper keeper there and go, right, I'll get the guy who Save shots. saves shots. And I mean, you saw his save against Motherwell. That's arg two from big, that angle. Two big saves against Sunset Midden as well. Yeah, I mean, that's arguably like save of the bloody season. Yeah. You might end up actually being that so that's a bad decision that is definitely at uh, Stendhal's door there's loads of weird ones Machino you, you generally you pick through I think you can pick through hundreds of mistakes over the last it goes back and then you go back oh, sorry on you go it goes back 16, 17, 18 months mm. of just of just utter utter shite and then you come back like I've seen you slagging off Budge about her decisions Levine about his stubbornness Stendhal and then you get to the players and then you've got guys like fucking Jamie Walker I mean we were talking about oh, Jamie Walker's at it I mean he's he should be doing Tons more, tons more with his, and he's done it before at this level. So there's nothing to do with that. It's just, he doesn't have the stomach for it. Doesn't he fancy it? He thought he'd be coming back and everything was looking pretty good at hearts and good wages, full stadiums. Just doesn't he fancy it? He comes on. He's another one. I mean, the fact that the one thing I won't blame his stand for is the fact that Moore's putting over him. Moore's shit. Absolutely incapable almost as people, he's a genuinely bad football player. But he plays ahead of Jamie Walker, who's been on the fringes of the national team because he's willing to play, like carry out instructions. Um, and now you see even Naismith is starting to um, come in. So, I mean, everyone's, every single one's to uh, to blame. And um, maybe apart from Halkett, I mean, does he look, is he looking after himself? Um, he's put on weight. He did. He put on weight. That's a fact. Mm. There's no, that, you only need eyes to see that. Uh, maybe the only people I'll, I mean, Dicamona's come on to a game, fair play. Um, Smith has sort of held his head up high the whole season. And Hickey, um, he's had his ups and downs, but he's 18 and he's always really, he comes and he comes and faces it. He's, uh, I like, I like Hickey. He's really good with his, um, really like he's good with his back to the attackers facing his own goal. Mm -hmm. He's really good. Push, and that's, yeah. and that's, uh, not normal for a player that age. That would be something you would normally not want to really get involved in. Even though, sorry, I've rallied on hearts there, Joe, which is probably something you thought no, you'd do. No, I'm I, sorry, you probably do it on a daily basis. I, I, honestly, Tony, I'm fed up. Aye, no, I can imagine. I know the feeling. I've been here myself. So Fed up, just fed up with watching them. And even like even the the, the, the big victories, like the Hibs game, uh, the Rangers game, like, right, that that little bit of hope. Just don't give me that bit of hope. Just fucking get relegated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we talked. So we'll, we'll leave it there. We talked about the we talked about the fatal four way. But I, I honestly believe this is this is a Hearts team that's been sleep sleepwalking towards. This is a club that's been sleepwalking towards the championship. Well, we need four wins. I mean, it would go against. As I said, it, it could happen. A great escape could happen. Whatever. But 
all the evidence points to it's not. And um, if you're a betting man, you'd be off your heed to back Hearts. I actually think Hearts needs six wins from the last eight. So that's not happening. But no. I mean, that's not. That's, just, just, I, there's, be, there's not another team in the league outside of Celtic that's going to get that. No, <laughs> that's not even a criticism of Hearts. It's just not going to happen. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. So six wins, six wins would be how much? Six? Eighteen 12, points. 12, Eighteen points. Okay, maybe not eighteen points. I'll take forty-one. So, uh, four, yeah, probably four. five, four or five wins. I just, I just can't see it happening. We're about to go on to talk about Hibs. Have we still got time for that? Jesus. We've got, uh, we're on 49 minutes. Do you want to cross about Hibs for 5-10 minutes? Ah, quite not, mate. You go, you go ahead, ask okay. some questions. Eh, I will. I, uh, so it's not going to be fully positive about that either. So. <laughs> yeah, I need to make myself uh, feel better. Yeah, yeah go somewhere. for it. Have a knock. Uh, first of all... I'll I just make, tanned your team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make myself feel better by listening to another message from our sponsors. Hi, it's Fowler once again here to bring you an offer of free beer. Who doesn't love free beer? Well, we've partnered up once again with the good people at Beer52.com and they're giving our listeners the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the postage of four ninety five. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the terrace, you'll get an extra two free beers. So that's ten free beers in total for terrace listeners. B52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, South Africa, New Zealand, California and many more. As an independent UK company, Beer52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it off. If you don't like dark beers, you can choose the light plan instead. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your case free. And don't forget right now, the terrace listeners get two extra beers free. Right, Hibs. What? It's been... What are they? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. It's, 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 very, it's, it's very difficult because we asked this a few, a few weeks ago, completely different. It would mean a completely different response. But there's, there's already kind of signs that it's almost... Very similar to what Paul Heckenbottom did twelve months ago. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 a fair point. I remember I was on here. I was uh, not waxing lyrical, but I remember I was sitting talking to you about how after seeing the the sign-ins, looking at the sort of form um, that Hibs. I think it was after the Ross County game. I spoke to you about, mm-hmm. and I was feeling sort of confident that Hibs were going to have a pretty strong end to the season. It might not be enough to be at the European spots, but I thought we'd go into the summer everyone feeling positive. But the the softness the, the softness of uh, what happened for when Heck from the start of the season with Heckingbottom is, is sort of reared its head again, uh, which I thought was um, I was hoping was away after the Kilmarnock win. I thought the Kilmarnock win was such a massive moment uh, in the season that suddenly the league season had more meaning than just going to be middle of the road, maybe make top six, maybe not. That's suddenly right now we've got somewhere to look at. The teams ahead of us aren't in form. But then right after that, um, 
that Hibs just done the exact same. And that's something Ross hasn't quite been able to change. I think he's made Hibs better to watch, certainly, mm-hmm. than, than Heckenbottom. And they're sort of much more exciting. And I prefer the players that he brought in. Uh, although the players he brought in, um, Heckenbottom brought in two of them. Last season, in fairness, mm. <laughs> so uh, like so, really, you're only talking about not well, maybe Greg Docker being. I don't think Omiango was high signing. I think it was fan signing almost. Yeah. Just like I think it's maybe the option was there, and Ross had probably seen Omiango a bit and thought, why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I think you get. I think, and I think that does happen, especially in sort of Scottish yeah. football where there's not swimming in cash. It's not uh, a cri- not a criticism, not, Ross. I just I just feel that the way he talked about Docherty coming in was like. Docky was the midfielder he wanted mm-hmm. rather than Omionga just seemed to be not a luxury buy but just like oh uh, he's basically went up to the counter and seen seen a packet of sweets he wants <laughs> seen like, a packet um, of Omiongas um, may as well or the, you know when you used to go into HMV you bought and they're like oh we're, we're selling these CDs for like £3 and like that's only three pounds. No, I just get Westlife it. Westlife Grey Okay, uh, I'll listen to a cover of Seasons in the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I mean that being talking about Omionga's only played a couple of games really um, from the start, uh, and the Hearts game being one of them. And the Hearts game should suit his sort of skill set, mm-hmm. uh, if you like, the up and at them, sort of tackling really fast pace. And I mean, he was one of the worst players in the park. And I'm a, and that's a, I'm an, I'm an, that's class from an Omionga fan. <laughs> uh, uh, and that, like, you know, and I know Greg Docky played badly as well, but mm. I mean, he had a lot more credit in the bank. And also, Greg Docky brings a lot more to the party than, than Omionga does as a player. Um, I think Ross is put the, the the shape is the shape that I, I like. I probably would have the three five two is something I was speaking about before it even happened. It was the best way to get all the types of players on the park. I assumed after the signings that's what we go for because I knew McNulty hadn't turned up to sit on the bench. Greg Docky hadn't turned up to sit on the bench. I assumed Omionga hadn't, and there always had to be a space for for Martin Boyle in the mm. team. But um, the fact, like against Hearts, they needed changed. Uh, and I think Rossi's biggest issue is he didn't change that. Mm-hmm. And then when, uh, so that's, there's question marks on his ability to do that through a game. Uh, and I'm a bit disappointed with that because all through his time, the one thing I've liked about Ross is he's made, he's not been scared to make a substitution uh, at different times. And then also against Aberdeen, once things changed, it went to shit mm-hmm. and we played well again, which was, like, part of me thinks that's, that's a positive that we were able to bounce back from. Uh, the Hearts game, which is probably overall one of the worst results of the season in terms of how what, both teams coming into the game, how it all was, where Hibs could go from that, how they could kick Hearts when they were down, you know, like for for the fans uh, and for sort of a way of Ross making his tenure really kick off, mm-hmm. that could have been huge for him. Um, and the, the, the Aberdeen guys, like, oh, we're playing well again. Um, I think I listened to Tom talk about it on Monday's podcast, said Hibs were, were good in the first sort of yeah. hour. But then the second Whitaker went off, the second there was any sort of um, difficulty uh, presented to the squad, um, they all folded again and the, the um, losing from a, um, from a winning position reared its ugly head again. So there's still a lot of question marks, but I'm not going to judge him too much now, but he, 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 he obviously needs a summer. And in his career with St Mirren... Um, and Aloha, I think um, the huge, um, diff- especially at St Mirren, huge differences were made after the summer um, in, in his tenure. That's something I wanted to ask you. You you, you talked about you're just going to wait, run rightly so, until the summer. I, I wrote an article uh, a, a few, I think a couple of months ago, about Jack Ross, that Hibs fans are not going to see the best. The, the, Hibs fans are not going to see Jack Ross's Hibs until the summer. 
but there has a, the, I'm guessing there has been murmurings within Hibs fans of criticism of, of Ross over the last it's always going to be it's always going to be you still get judged on game to game basis that's just the, the, the job you're in do you think kind of no matter what happens between now and the end of the season if we finish the season do you think he is A is, is definitely going to be in position for example if they finish bottom six and we get beaten uh, by the cup He'll still be the manager. And, but do you think there'll be, no matter what, Hibs fans will just be willing to go, right, it wasn't really his team, summer, start afresh, or was there, is there going to be a case there could be pressure on him? A wee hangover going wee hangover, over. A potential over on the, in the summer. But always with, uh, and one of the, I know most clubs are probably like this, but it's obviously more vocalised in the bigger clubs, if you like. And when you're there and we hear it, that um, there's always people against it. There's always people that are angry about it. And because you're a bigger club, that there always seems more of them. Uh, and which comes out an interesting point is that Hibs are one of the teams in the league that I'd be most interested to see play behind Cole's doors. Because uh, they've got quite a soft centre. They mm. lose a lot of leads. Uh, and... Um, the fact that um, Hibs fans can be quite vocal against the team. They're not against that. I mean, Hibs fans, historically, they booed their own players. Um, they're far from perfect, even though Hibs are quite, they like to romanticise themselves, if you like. But um, I'd be interested to see, with no pressure, if Hibs would, how they would, how they would react to that, actually. But I think no matter what, Ross will still be in position. You've got to remember, when he, when he took over mm-hmm. at Hibs, they were rotten. <laughs> I mean, all we did was draw games or go ahead in games and lose them. It was the, sort of the most boring sort of circle that you could ever be in. But um, so I think he'll come in. But I think you make a good point about the Omionga one because of McNulty as well. He brought him in. It seemed like just Hibbs had contacts with agents uh, and they were able to get these guys in and they just went for it because there was no real, no commitment to them. And, uh, I'm going to go as far to say is McNulty's finished. He he's finished. He does. He's overweight. He's um, he doesn't want really get involved in the game. He always wants to play on the shoulder, which means which might be a good thing, but he doesn't really link up well. I can never see him dragging us through a game, mm. which is for a guy who's meant to be your. What are your biggest names, if you like? I mean, he was in the Scotland squad only last season. I mean, we're not talking about... This isn't many moons ago. Mm. Uh, he's coming for down south where they've got loads of cash. Uh, he's made his money. And I just don't... I just don't rate him that highly. I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good finisher, no doubt. But we're going to need a lot more than that out of our centre-forward. And the Hearts game as well showed that. He just wasn't interested. We were desperate for someone to drop in and sort of give options to the midfielders when they were under immense pressure. He, he didn't do it. And I just don't think he, he really... Fancies. I don't think he really cares that much, even though he's meant to be a fan. Don't think he is. I think yeah, it's all bollocks. And maybe his old man's a fan, yeah. really. But I mean, I just I, I've really went off McNulty in the last uh, few. Don't weeks. Don't think you're only hips fan. Yeah, um, I just I, I just don't fancy him at all. I th- <clears throat> the, the the Jack Ross questions like will he st- still be there? That wasn't me thinking. Oh, uh, like looking forward to. Oh, I mm. think you should get rid of Jack Ross or looking forward to seeing Jack Ross. because I'm actually really looking forward to seeing. Jack Ross build his own Hibs team yeah. because he is he's came in and he's he's improved Heckenbottom's signings he's, he's he's made a Heckenbottom team work as a Jack Ross team but because of the, the loan signs of McNulty Doherty Omionga that these players are going to go these and the squad is small in itself there is going to have to have to be an overhaul and I'm intrigued to see how how Ross will want to set up 
by the start of next season because obviously what his choice I think 3-5-2 is sort of because I think that was his way of getting all the players that he yeah, wants on the park but it's admitting I think he remember listening to an interview 4 2 3 one, four, two, three, one I think is his preferred position so it's one of those it'll be I'm very sure. interesting in the summer at Hibs because the guys like uh, Marciano uh, Hanlon mm-hmm. Stevenson Hanlon and Stevenson I mean their form has been bad mm-hmm. uh, they were in line with exactly how Hibs uh, have played recently. Hanlon kind of catch a break, man. He's uh, he's he's looking slower. He was never the quickest, uh, and coming out with the ball, um, which was always one of his strong boys, especially when he played in a three. Uh, he struggled with that. I'd be more inclined to go with McGregor, um, even though I mean, thirty-four year old is probably getting a bit past it himself now. But when he's come into the team this season, which has been rare, like I mean, the last time I remember him really playing much was Hearts at Tynecastle. And he put a really good performance in. Uh, ideal game. I suppose. Yeah, yeah you're, you're probably right. And uh, as a Hibs fan for him, with the Fibs fans behind him, we're two early goals ahead. So maybe you're right. But I still think um, if it's going to be a one-on-one battle between some of the strikers in this league, I'd probably prefer McGregor to Hanlon. And um, a big issue for Hibs under Ross has been with Joe Newell's injury, which is an mm. incredible thing to say. After last season, um, after what was happening earlier season, because he brings versatility and he set pieces. He was starting to set up goals for mm-hmm. Hibs are scoring for corners nearly every game, which has never happened in my lifetime. Uh, and Stevenson, he can't play in a three-five-two. You can't. Uh, it may, the heart showed how easy it is to play. Like you, we, they almost trebled up on Boyle yeah. and just allowed uh, Stevenson to just do what he want because they were under under no danger, but. Um, I'm still pretty excited about next season and it's a really crucial time for Hibs because we, me and Further spoke about our Patreon with the, with the Ron Gordon stuff. Um, all the plans sound great. I think Ron Gordon sounds like an intelligent man. I think he's got the club's best wishes at heart. But all those plans only come to fruition if um, the team's good. It's as simple as that. Well, at least you'll be a premiership team. Well, that is the obvious on end all. But um, you are right though, going into next season with um, that semi-final against Hearts if it does get played... That's a massive game for Ross. Regardless, they could go and get me five now in the final of Celtic. Mm. Uh, that game will matter a lot because of just getting beat off um, off Hearts there. And uh, he needs to, hopefully towards it, if Hibs are in the top six, might work against them because they could get turned over a few, but that soft centre, they could get turned over a few times and he'll want to go into next season with some goodwill because Heckenbaum might have been better for him to finish in the bottom six. I think, lost yeah, every yeah, game. I think that's. I think it's a very, very good point because yeah, it's a weird one because without going down down that rabbit hole, even though we have beat Motherwell in Aberdeen, I suppose since he came in. Yeah, just the, with, with Heckenbottom, it was people got really excited because he dragged them from a place of almost certain bottom six to above Hearts. Well, I mean, almost like we were starting to look at like playoffs was mm. going to be our sort of thing. But yeah, it's exciting. They're still exciting players. And that thing, the frustrating thing for Hibs fans is because man for man, you're looking at the Hibs team and thinking that's definitely one of the best in the in the country in terms of we all know these players. Uh, like Scott Allen, um, Craig Anderson mentioned that he's a bit of a highlights player. He's become, I think Scott Allen, if Joe, I think, um, him having a three-year deal at Hibs could be the real sort of making of Scott Allen because I think um, if Jack Ross can temper um, um, and sort of like sometimes playing the easy ball, sometimes playing a one-two, uh, rather constantly looking for those passes. I don't. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying take that away from his game because that makes one makes him one of the more unique players in the league and happy to watch. But I think he could get so much. Allen could completely dominate games. He has the talent to do it if he uses his brain more, which sounds weird because he sees passes, he sees angles so much better. So that's a clear indication of football intelligence, but. 
sometimes I wonder, is it more about you than you looking good than it is about the, mm. the team? And that's maybe me being unfair, but that's just sometimes things that go through my head. But yeah, there's a lot to do next season. I think get rid of that. The defence needs a fucking hell of a lot of work because um, McGinn's all right. And he's been better than I maybe expected, even though he struggled in these two last games. But I only want him to be a squad player, if anything. Um, and I'm starting to go against Hanlon. I've got McGregor's finish, Gray's finish. The fact that they're all still here. Um, there's a Marciano, again, I think if we were doing the top 12s, people might have been, who again, who may be dipping in and out of Scottish Rail, be surprised at how low he might have ended up being. Um so uh, there's a there's a huge job to be had at Hibs next season. There's going to be a lot of bodies coming in. I think there could be a huge turnover. Yeah. And talking about bodies, that leads us on to Fowler's wedding. Oh. Yes, Craig Craig Fowler's getting married Woo! tomorrow. Sorry, I ranted on about Hibs there too long. My apologies. No, it's it's fine. It it happens. Mm. And you have uh, plenty of chance to wax lyrical or nip people's ears tomorrow as uh, he said, I think he said 100 and 140. Is that what he's got? At yeah, the biscuit factory. At the biscuit factory. <laughs> I'll tell people fans are going to go. <laughs> it was at Burton's Biscuit Factory in Sight Hill. Um, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a great night out. He seems to have uh, decided on an extremely relaxed vibe. The the most, this is, uh, for listeners, get an idea of, um, of, of what Craig Fowler's wedding is going to be like on Monday. A couple of guys involved in the TV show, they asked him, oh, what time do we need to be there for? And what uh, what's the dress code? Craig Fowler's response to the dress code was, anything you want. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like, I've had to think about because uh, um, I'm going to the actual ceremony bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not many people are going no, there. No, hardly anyone's going to that bit. So, and like, I know what he's wearing. So I was trying to temper what I wear because I didn't want to really upstage him what he's wearing today. That's really what I was, like, honestly, what I was thinking. Uh, and like, I know some people, but some people just get confused because what I wear then, I'm going to get my kilt or my three piece out. That's sort of like, yeah. I, I genuinely, I, I was kind of asking him what, what he's wearing uh, earlier in the week. And I genuinely expected him to sit, turn around and say, Converse, skinny jeans, and a young Fowler's t-shirt. t-shirt. Uh, no, I wouldn't be. I think if it was up to him and not Harry Han, who Harry Han, I think she's not wearing a wedding dress. She's wearing like a cool jumpsuit. Which does, Mandy, my girlfriend said it looks really cool. Uh, and I think that's cool that they're doing their own thing. Yeah, but yeah. I think, I think, I honestly think Harry Han's probably making him even get up to the levels of what he's dressing. He, just... he was wearing Chelsea boots for filming on Wednesday because he was looking to break them in for the wedding. <laughs> he said it was... He just he just looked and felt uncomfortable for the whole day. <laughs> oh, all right, fine. Yeah, I just he'll be dressed like a sort of nineteen year old in two thousand and four when the cooks were big. He'll be dressed like like him every day. <laughs> yeah. When he's not when he's not uh, running around. Oh, well, I see him when I come in. I, I love my one of my favorite things is coming in here sometimes, and I see how he's dressed in a in an office environment. Yeah. <laughs> Shorts, socks. <laughs> face covered in sweat. Uh, folk, folk, uh, really important folk kick, kicking about in suits. Ah, uh, yeah, really important. Yeah, like, uh, it's a testament to how hard you work for that no one questions you in this <laughs> office. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be great having all the people there. It'll be brilliant. Got an after party. Uh, I think for the people missing the ceremony, it'll be pretty good. <laughs> Come at like 
come at like a certain time and it's just an eight hour party and there'll be none of those annoying break bits that you normally get in weddings I know that that's, that's not, not being too many weddings but that's annoying things you just, you just kind of just keep wanting to, to drink and then well it gains you, momentum a night out gains yeah, momentum that's what it does but there's stop start you, you, someone starts speaking so I can't get up and go get a drink just now uh, yeah, I can't go to the toilet I need a piss and then they're taught my favourite one when I went in yeah, a few years back and it was uh, like, like the, the, the father uh, of the bride started and he went well it all started and, and named the date that she was born uh, and then that, you're not starting the speech from the year she, the day she was born <laughs> I and, thought it started nine months before that like, and like, the, like the speech not going, we're not going through her 26 years please <laughs> no <laughs> uh, so yeah I'm really looking forward to it as I say that it'll be a bit different I said he's doing it relatively alternative so that'll be good that'll be good fun I've been to the Biscuit Factory for we were promised jetpacks <laughs> do that again <laughs> everyone's coming <laughs> and uh I rem- if it's the same place where I remember the, the bar was quite small in the corner and just a, a puddle developed I'm kind of looking forward to see, see, see that the happened. same happening <laughs> yeah, a puddle of piss for the old folk there <laughs> shitting himself a coronavirus he was he was also because <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the old folk he was also before we finished he was he was playing some tunes that he's he's got uh, set up yeah because he made himself a big huge Spotify a big, big, big uh, Spotify playlist. playlist the stubborn man that uh, Phil there is if you, ask, if you asked to have a song played he'd probably told, told you to fuck off oh yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds like nah man nah but so yeah he was he was, <laughs> he was uh, have, he had Nate Dog and so he's like oh, I can't wait to because uh, obviously he's, he's, his granny's uh, coming his gran I just I can't wait for them to hear this and it just about smacking their bitch up yeah, yeah, yeah all that sort of stuff yeah. he loved to shake that ass but lyrics about spiking girls drinks <laughs> here we go there'll be loads of hip hop there'll be loads of mid noughties indie Um that's good because we're that age so yep. uh, we'll have a bloody brilliant time Joe tearing up that bloody dance floor maybe yeah. Are you <laughs> not me, you never had the dance floor Joe I, I, I suppose I, whenever I go out with you we just go to pubs yeah. we go to football I, then we go no, to pubs I, I can't dance I, I'm, I'm sure every listener just hears that and think that makes sense mm. I just I just can't move my hips I think I think you can I just got no no rhythm at all uh, I just, just I'm just uh, Neil just fell it does he stop him he can't even run properly he runs like Phoebe Buffay yeah, in, uh, he's, in he's, Friends. A, he's a strange runner, <laughs> a strange runner. I mean, he's a strange man so. <laughs> you, like you and you're filming him when he was doing fucking sit ups uh, like an absolute bastard a guy in the gym, gym. wait to put someone off going to the gym Joe <laughs> no I hate that guy but it was, well, obviously because it was my mate uh, yeah. he just, he just he, it's, he, he just amuses me yeah, yeah he does. he's one of those guys you always think he's going to walk with his all fingers open like one arm out <laughs> like that it's always, like, always going to be all over the place but that's just one of the reasons that I like him it's funny I hope you found this funny so, so, we've, sorry we've rambled. So, sorry Fowler <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've rambled uh, to begin with we rambled about the St Mirren uh, Hearts game the St Mirren Hearts game got about 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> we rambled about the, the bottom four we rambled about Hibs and we've rambled on about Fowler's wedding so now if you want lack to, of structure really yes uh, I'm, I'm terrible this is no, I'm, I'm just as bad man. I said I, I text Tony's like right I'm going to keep this to 45 minutes it's been an hour and 10 minutes so we're, <laughs> we're going to move on to Patreon and just race through race through that probably ramble there as well but, but stats <laughs> <laughs> that's ripe for a rambling 
But if you'd like to join us on there, sign up patreon.com forward slash tennis podcast. You can get us on all the, the usual platforms as well. Plus, the TV show is back on at half past 10 tomorrow night on BBC Scotland Channel, or you can catch it throughout the week on BBC iPlayer. Coming up is, I think there's a feature on Berwick Rangers. There is a, there's an interview with Dundee United players. And in studio, we, we we talk about some of the things we've talked about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that right? Talk about Aki's, talk about Hibs. Uh, depends if we get Hibs in. Um, Again. Don't I'm, I'm, getting, I'm starting to get this weird feeling that Fowler's going to pull a projector down to late, late, late tomorrow night and 140 people are going to be forced to watch a view for the tennis. <laughs> no, nah, it won't be. We, 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 uh, or if he does, the people from the view from the tennis will be telling him not to because it will force everyone else to have to watch an eye player, which boosts the figures. <laughs> and also you have to stand there while every while like a bunch of people you don't know watching it. Some of you not even in football like, why is, is that that guy over there? All right, fair enough. The guy, the, the guy, really bad at dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> still trying to dance. Just <laughs> the late nineties comes on at the start. <laughs> right, we yes, better go. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, Stop goodbye, this. Goodbye. Bye, goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.